0: I don't know if you guys know it or not, but this Tuesday is Dad's birthday. Okay. And I told him, I said, I mean, what better gift could I give him than speaking for his birthday weekend? But all uh, jokes aside on that, it is an honor for me to be able to honor him as my earthly father, for me to be able to honor my heavenly father and sharing this message. And so I pray that you will receive something from it tonight. Because just as it blesses dad for me to be able to speak and him to be able to hear me, it makes God happy when his children are operating in the authority that he has given them in in his son Jesus Christ. It's that same type of pleasure. So if you will bow your heads, we're going to pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you will speak through me tonight. Lord, that you will give everyone ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive what you have for them. Lord, and use me as a vessel, and I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. In Matthew 7, what I was just saying, how, it, how it's a blessing, it says, Matthew 7, 11, it says, If you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your own children, and give them what's best, how much more ready is your heavenly Father to give wonderful gifts to him who asks? How much more? We want to do good things for our children. How much more does God want to do good things for us? But it takes participation on our part in order to receive the things that God has for us. Who knows that? It takes participation on our part. Same way with receiving from our parents, we have to receive something that they're offering us in order to take a hold of it, whatever that may be. So I want you guys to repeat after me tonight. God, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive. To receive what you have for me. What you have for me. I want you guys to take that to heart because that's the way we should be every time we hear something that's being spoken from the Word, or we read something that's spoken from the Word, we need to be ready to receive what God has for us. I heard it, I think I might have mentioned the last time I spoke to it, but I heard Brother Hagan used to say, read the Word. Every time you read the Word, it should be, you should look at it as if it's the first time you have read that Word. Every single time. Because the Holy Spirit can reveal new things to you every single time. And you may read it a hundred times and not have received anything yet. But that hundred and one, you might get a whole new revelation on what you just read. And that's the way the Holy Spirit works. So I want you guys to be ready to receive what God has for you today. How many of you believe... That God wants you to live a victorious life. That's, that's what I'm going to talk about tonight, is living a victorious life. How many believe that God wants you to live a victorious life? Amen. Yeah. Now, to understand that, you've got to know what victorious means. And victorious means triumphant. Having won a victory. When you're facing a battle, do you want to win a victory? Yep. Do you believe that God wants you to win that victory? Well, you can be triumphant through Him. Because a victorious life in Christ is a life of victory. It's victory over sin, it's victory over self, and it's victory over Satan. A life of victory in Christ is a life of victory over sin, self, and Satan. Turn with Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 1556 through58. First 1 Corinthians 15:56 through58. It reads, "The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law." But thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. When I was reading and studying those verses, I was looking at it in different translations, and I want to bring out the beginning of verse 58 and how it read in the Passion Translation. It said, so be loved. So now, beloved ones, stand firm and secure. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. I want you to think about that for a minute. Do you see yourself having an unshakable confidence? Or are you constantly rattled by the things that happen in life? When something comes your way, do you have an unshakable confidence? Or is your world easily flipped upside down? Because God has provided everything that we need in order to live a victorious life through his son, Jesus Christ. But in order to walk it out, we've got to know what we should stand for, but also what we should stand against. We've got to know what we should stand for and also what we should stand against. Turn with me to Ephesians 6, 12 and 13. Ephesians 6, 12 and 13. It reads, For we wrestle not, against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having having done all to stand. Some of you probably have heard me speak when I spoke on the armor of God, and that is one thing that we we need to get a hold of in our life because it helps us to be victorious in the battles that we face. But the Passion Translation in that verse 13 says you must wear all the armor that God provides so that you're protected as you confront the slander for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. I like how that says. You are destined for all things yes, and you will rise victorious. But you got to put the first part of that verse along with it. If you want to be destined for all things and you want to rise victorious in your life, you must wear all the armor that God provides. you got to put it on. you got to operate in it. And just in case you're still questioning, God wants us to live a victorious life. He wants it for each and every one of us. And I was, I was preparing for this message, or I knew I was going to be speaking at the end of the month, and the first thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he said, you'll never make it without a made-up mind. And that's, it was just as simple as that. That was all I got at the time. He said, you'll never make it without a made-up mind. And so I began to dwell on that a little bit more, and I want you guys to ponder, Get a little more into that. But if you have been in church for any length of time, I'm sure that you've sang plenty of the old songs about victory. Because we're talking about victory tonight. What about victory in Jesus? You know, it starts out, I'm not going to sing to you, but I'll tell you what it says. It says, I heard an old, old story how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save. A wretch like me, and then the chorus it goes into, "Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me, and He bought me with His redeeming blood." Yes, hallelujah. And Jesus did do that. Yes, he seeks after us. He shed His blood for us. Yes, hallelujah. But you know what? God wants His word. To be more than just a story in your life. Jesus shed his blood to redeem us from the curse of the law. And when we accept Christ in our hearts, it puts us back into right standing with him. Because as sinners, we are separated from God. But as born again believers, we are placed back into right standing. And his desire is to have a relationship. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with me. That's how you develop yourself. That's how you learn to walk in the things that he has for you. Is by developing your relationship with him. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Curtis, come not count me just a second. I want to show you all a little bit about resistance. I just want you to stand back back with me just for a second. And I want you to apply just a little bit of pressure. Don't, like, push on me. You can, like, step, walk. But if he constantly applies pressure, I'm going to have to move. I can't stay where I'm at if he's constantly applying pressure to me. I'm going to have to put, in order not to keep going the wrong direction, I'm going to have to apply a little bit of resistance. Not to keep going. And if I want to go back in the right direction, I'm going to have to apply a lot of resistance to get back to where I need to be. That's good. Because in the natural, the devil is stronger than you. In the natural. But, if you add God's super to your natural, then you are able to operate in the supernatural. If you add God's super to your natural, you are able to operate in the supernatural. Because John, 1 John 4, 4, it tells you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But, in order to operate in that, You've got to first submit yourself to God, and then you have to resist the devil. Because he's going to apply pressure in your life. His job is to steal, to kill, and destroy. So you're going to have to deal with pressure. Sometimes it's a lot, sometimes it's a little bit. But you're going to have to learn how to counter it, how to resist it, so that you can walk in victory that God has for you. And when the Holy Spirit gives you a word, it's meant to bring a deeper revelation. That's that's what it's about. He's a teacher, He wants us to learn and to grow in the things of God. So I continued to meditate on that word because the word was, You'll never make it without a made up mind. And think for a minute about a made up mind. Have you ever gone to a restaurant? And you just looked at the menu and you could not figure out what you wanted. This is really bad about this. Yes. And when he finally does pick something out, the waiter comes and he orders something totally different than he picked. That is an example of not having a made up mind. God wants us to have a made up mind. So as I was studying it out, I came across some things that hinder us from having a made-up mind. And the first thing that I come across was our own selfish desires. Our own selfish desires. So turn with me to Galatians 5, 16 through 23. Galatians 5, 16 23 through 23. You may have a different translation, but I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation because I really like how it works out. It says, As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the dominion of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored temper tantrums angry quarrels only thinking of yourself and being in love with your own opinions being envious of the blessings of others murder uncontrolled addictions wild parties and all other similar behavior haven't i already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things Will not inherit the kingdom realm of God. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless you know god wants to be limitless in your life and we've all found ourselves in some of those places before we've all missed it at times But we must renew our minds to the point that we replace our own selfish desires with God's desires. And the second thing that can hinder us from having a made-up mind is either, this is two parts, is either believing that we don't deserve it or just simply not understanding our authority in Christ either believing that we don't deserve it or simply not understanding our authority in Christ. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 3.5. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is in God. I'm going to also read that one in the Passion Translation. It says, yet We don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength. For our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. You know, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about Christ that lives in you. It's about Christ that lives inside of you. And if you don't know who you are in him, or what belongs to you, you will never have a made-up mind. If you don't know who you are in Him, or what belongs to you as a child of God, you will never have a made-up mind. And I'll be honest, as I was um, praying about this and studying, I really wrestled with sharing this word. Because I was like, you ever sit back and question, God, sometimes I know we shouldn't do that, but sometimes we do? Like, God, what if I say that and people, somebody gets upset or that I told them they weren't going to make it? Or what if they just end up giving up? Because those natural thoughts can come to us. But I knew the Spirit has spoken to me, those words. Without a shadow of a doubt, he said, you'll never make it without made-up mind and so I was praying in the spirit and I was on my way to work one morning and I'm telling you there was an overwhelming sense of compassion that just enveloped my whole body and tears just started flowing down my face when I was on the way to work and I just kept praying in the spirit and God spoke to me and he said my children are failing. They were never meant to struggle this way. He said, my children are failing. They were never meant to struggle this way. And with tears in my eyes, as I was praying, I was like, okay God, I'll tell them what you said. Because it's God's compassion, His love, He is moved for us. He wants us to receive the things that He has for us. So much so that it breaks his heart when we don't. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that Compassion International. It used to be a big thing with missions, and they'd show all the pictures of the kids in all the different countries and things like that. And that was the name of the group. It was called Compassion International. And I mean, you'd see these pictures of all these kids, and the the idea was that you would choose a child and sponsor and donate money. But it was when you see that, you have compassion for that child and you want to help them. It was the same way with God. He has compassion for us, his children, and he wants to do everything that he can to help us and provide for us, to supply our every need, no matter what that is. So if you want to live victoriously in this life, you will have to learn to master your mouth, and to master your mind. If you want to live victoriously in this life, you will have to learn to master your mouth and to master your mind. Because Matthew 6, 24, Jesus tells us no man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. And I promise you'll have plenty of opportunities throughout the day when you are going to have to choose to respond your way or to respond God's way. We all have those opportunities every single day. It's part of life. But if you want to live in victory, you're gonna to have to think like God thinks, and you're gonna to have to believe what his word says, and you're gonna to have to speak to whatever obstacle comes your way. Because you'll never make it without a made up mind. I wanna tell you guys a story. And I don't know if you guys remember uh, Pastor Marvin, he came here and sang a special when Phil was doing one of the revivals. Um, he's he's a bit of a character, and if you ever talk to him in person, you probably wouldn't forget it. But um, at camp meeting, he was telling the story. And before he got saved, he was in a band, and I can't remember if he was singing or playing. I think he was playing in this particular instance. And it was... He was in a group with this girl's father. Well, she was he didn't know her, but she was out in the audience cuz she had came to hear you know their dad in the band. And he saw her out there and then after the concert was over, he went up to her and he told this girl, he said, "I'm going to marry you." she kind of looked at him like he had lost his mind and she's like "Uh, I have a boyfriend he said well you need to call him up and tell him it's over and he did it just like that he said it's over and when dad was standing there when he was telling the story and it was like when he said that I said That's how we need to talk to the devil. That was my first response when I heard him say that. I was like, that's how we need to talk to the devil. And I got tickled. And I mean, he was just as serious. And he had a made-up mind. Because guess what? That woman is his wife today. He knew he was going to marry her. He had already made up his mind. And that's how confident we have to be in the things of God. If we want to walk in victory in our lives. So I want you to think for a minute about things that you've been dealing with. Don't tell me about it. I don't need to know. This is something that we all have to do for ourselves. We all have to walk out our own personal wall. So think about some things that you've been dealing with, whatever they may be, that come your way. When those things happen, think about how you respond. When things come your way, whatever it is, different things, how do you respond? You know, are you praying, God, please just give me the strength because I don't know if I can do this. Or, Lord, you know what I'm going through and if it's your will, da da da, whatever it is. That is not praying with a made up mind, and it will never move God. That is not praying for the made up mind, and it will never move God. The devil has been running over top of you and making your life difficult for long enough. You've got to get mad. You've got to be bold. As I have spoken that verse before, we've got to have an unshakable confidence. You've got to look down at the devil. Because he ain't up here. Don't be looking up here. You look down. Look at the devil and tell him, devil, it's over. I am done with you. I'm done with allowing you to beat up on me or whatever it is that he's doing in your life. You have to have a made up mind. But in order to be able to do that, because the devil belongs under your feet. The Bible tells us so you have to believe that you're able to do that. Because if you don't believe that you're able to do that, you will never do that. But, write this verse down because you guys need to get a hold of it. Luke 10, 19. And everybody needs to see this for themselves. I'm going to read it in the Passion translation. It says, now you understand that I have imparted to you All my authority, not some of my authority, all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in his authority. You need to read that scripture. Meditate on that scripture and other scriptures that tell you those same things. You need to get them so deep down inside of you that when the devil comes your way, your mind is made up. That nothing that you see, nothing that you hear, nothing that you feel will sway what God says about the situation. You have to have a made up mind. So, I want you to challenge yourself. Because when those things happen, is that your first thought or response? Is the, what the word of God says about that situation, is that your first response or is it something else? I can't answer that question for you. You can't answer that question for me. You have to do it for yourself. And we all have areas that we need to work in. We may excel in one area, we may struggle in another. But get God's word on the inside of you so that you can combat those things that come against you. Because in order to be victorious, we can't just believe that God can do something in a situation. We've got to believe that he is doing, he has done, he will do because of his power that is working through us. His power is working in you. He needs you to make it work. And a made-up mind knows that. So I'm going to give you you got some scripture. you can write these down, and then I'm going to um, I'm not going to look up each one, but I'm going to give you kind of like a little affirmation that goes with each one. Part of them is the full scripture, part of it's reworded just a little bit. The first one's Philippians 4:13. And a made-up mind knows that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 1 John 5.4 I like this one. It says, I am born of God and I have world-overcoming faith living inside of me. I am born of God, and I have world-overcoming faith living inside of me. Do you believe that? When you hear something like that or you see something like that, do you believe that it applies to you? And if you're not convinced in that situation, you have not reached the level of a made-up mind. We all have to work on that. Because will never make it without a made up mind. The next verse is Isaiah 54:17. And it says, "No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper." The next is Colossians 3:15. And sometimes we have to tell ourselves these things. Multiple times a day. That's why the Bible tells us we have to renew our minds. We have to renew our minds with the word of God. In Colossians 3.15 it says, The peace of God rules in my heart and I refuse to worry about anything. The peace of God rules in my heart and I refuse to worry about anything. Is God's peace rolling on the inside of you? Is God's peace rolling on the inside of you? If that's something you struggle with, because that is a big deal. Anxiety and fear and worry is a big deal in the world that we live in today. Very big. And people are overcome so many times by it. But this is a verse that God has given you to stand on. Stand on his word so you can receive the promises that he has for you. And the last one on that is Revelation 12, 11. It says, I am an overcomer, and I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Do you believe you're an overcomer? Do you believe you're an overcomer? We speak these things and we hear these things. This is a Bible-believing church. It is. But so many times we get tripped up on the little things in life and we resort back to our natural way of thinking instead of God's way of thinking. We all do it. It happens. But that's why we have to renew our minds and it doesn't matter what kind of battle that you face or how big it may seem you overcome them all the exact same way so many times i see people and they're like well if you only knew what i was going through i'm telling you anybody you talk to their problem will always be bigger than yours it doesn't matter it will always be bigger than yours But it doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is. If it's big to you, we serve a big guy. He can take care of that big problem. It's no concern to him. We do it the exact same way. Just like Sandy said on Wednesday night before, that the Spirit has spoken to her and it said, told her, Get in my word and let my word get in you. Because God's word will change you from the inside out. That's why you've got to get God's word down on the inside of you. Because if you only hear it every once in a while and you don't have that revelation deep inside of you, that's not going to be your first response. Unless it is deep inside of you and you have your mind made up on what the word of God says, It will not be your first response. That's why the Holy Spirit was telling me, you will never make it without a made-up mind. He's not saying we won't get in heaven. That's not what I'm telling you. He's saying if you want to live victoriously, this life, here today, if you want to live a victorious life here on earth, you have got to have your mind made up by what the Word of God says. So let it get inside of you. And the last thing that he spoke to me when I was preparing, he said, if you walk in me, you'll walk in victory. If you walk in me, you'll walk in victory. And just like we were talking about this morning, And being in God's presence. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. All of these things tie together. They work together for our good. God is working everything together for our good. To those who love him. And are called according to his purpose. And guess what? If you're a child of God, you have been called to do his work. We've all been called. We may have been called to a different thing. He has ministries for each of us. But you have been called. You have a purpose in your life. So we have to get into the presence of God. Because in order to walk in God, we have to learn to think like God thinks. And to act like God would act or Jesus would act and to say the things that he would say. That's walking in him. And in order to do that, we need to remain in his presence. Put yourself there on a daily basis. Because if you get moved out of the supernatural into the natural realm, chances are your responses to the things that you face in life are going to be natural. But if you've had yourself in the presence of God and you've been building yourself up and strengthening yourself in the joy of the Lord, when things come your way, you're going to already know that my God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Whatever it is that comes your way, you know that you already have authority over it when you're operating in the supernatural. So I want you guys to think about that today. And when things come your way and they're not working out like you think that they should be, don't get mad at God Because so many times we get upset or angry or, God, why are you doing this? When 99.9% of the time it's not even God that's doing any of it. Because God wants good things for you. There are situations where he allows us to go through trials, but he's not causing bad things to happen to you. So if you have something bad going on in your life, get mad at the devil. Don't get mad at God. He didn't do it. Go back to his word and figure out what you need to do in order to change your situation or in order for God to change you. Go back to the word and find out what you need for God to either change your situation or to change you. So many times in situations we're like, God, just take this away. We don't want to deal with it anymore. But maybe God's trying to teach us something in that moment, and he's changing us to be the person that he needs us to be so that we can walk out the things that he has for us. Because God has good things for us as children. He wants us to live a victorious life. And in order to do that, we must have a made-up so, whenever you encounter something, I want you to start thinking about it. Think about how you respond to situations in everyday life. How you respond at work, how you respond at home. You respond differently in those two places than you respond at church. Think about how you respond. Because you'll have people that rub you the wrong way. And I tell you, Curtis has said, in the devil likeness, you'll hear a good word and you'll feel good. You'll be all built up. And just as soon as you get home, sometimes even faster than that, something can happen that'll rub you the wrong way or you'll have a temptation or something that you encounter in your life. And as I was preparing this message, I had somebody tell me, Something negative that somebody else had said about me that wasn't true. And I could have allowed that to hurt my feelings, or I could have taken offense. Why would they do that? But I recognized what was happening. I recognized what was happening. Because the devil was trying to change my mindset. And if he was going to change my mindset, I wouldn't be in the position I need to be to share the word with you. And that's how easily things happen. When you're not even expecting it. So get in the word and let God's word get in you, as he told her. And as you do that, you will develop a made-up mind. And through a made-up mind, You will live a victorious life.